This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our worship theme today, Christ is all one hope of salvation. The speaker in Isaiah 55, 1-9, announces a feast that is open to everyone. The feast is described as the answer to life's unsatisfactory cravings for meaning and significance. Isaiah described the life-fulfilling feast Yahweh is inviting you to attend as a covenant with three courses. We read from Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 1. Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and ye that that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me, here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. An everlasting covenant. Yahweh promises to those who will listen and come to the feast a covenant relationship where your soul shall live. The nature of that covenant is an age-long character. It offered them security and prosperity that would be without end. Isaiah described the purpose of the covenant to be Yahweh's steadfast and sure love for David. Those who enter this covenant fall heir to salvation, joy, stability. The goals God had maintained through Abraham, Moses, Joshua and David. An unfailing commander. Yahweh provided a new leader to assume the mantle of leading his people, the Persian Emperor Darius. The task of the new leader was to be a witness to the people of God's sovereignty and providence. Because Yahweh was the glory of Israel, the leader's goal would be to beautify the people. The time for the new leader would be to fulfill God's will and establish a new sense of peace. That triumph was realized. God's setting of our lives with his salvation, which establishes a prevailing experience of peace. We fall heir to God's glory when we also acknowledge God as Lord and assume a position of servanthood. Verses 5 to 9. 
Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our Lord, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. A summons to significance. Yahweh speaks directly to Darius. He was to summon unknown nations or nationalities to the covenant feast. That summons is to worship Yahweh. Participants in the covenant are to worship in the temple where Yahweh could be found and at the appropriate time while he is near. The temple was not to be closed or denied to anyone. Covenant participants are also summoned to repentance. The troublemakers are invited to abandon the rebellion for covenant living. If they accept the terms of the covenant, God's mercy will pardon their sin and that pardon will be multiplied abundantly. A recent article suggested three elements to narrow the generation gap between teenagers and their parents. Listening, trust and understanding. Isaiah's message is that there are three elements that narrow the gap for your craving for a life of significance. The three elements are the three courses of a covenant from relationship with God, listen to God and trust God. God's understanding will multiply mercy for those who will abandon their present commitment and enter a new covenant with him. Our first music today, To Thee, O Lord, Our Hearts We Raise, written in 1864 by William Chatterton Dix, who was born in Bristol, England. For most of his life he lived in Glasgow, Scotland, as a manager of a maritime insurance company. Of the many hymns he wrote before his death in 1898, 30 or 40 are still in common use today. Among the most popular are Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, As with gladness men of old, To thee, O Lord, our hearts we raise, The manger throne, and what child is this? The music is by Sir Arthur Seymour Sullivan, who was famous for his association with Gilbert and their Savoy operators, such as the Mikado and the Pirates of Penzance. To thee, O Lord, our hearts we raise.
Some people have claimed that our third molars, commonly referred to as wisdom teeth, often cause trouble in modern humans because our mouths are smaller than our supposed evolutionary ancestors. However, impacted wisdom teeth don't afflict all ethnic groups. Numerous people groups today have plenty of room in their jaws to accommodate their third molars. Modern dental research has shown that diet is a major factor in jaw development. In non-technological cultures, impacted wisdom teeth are almost unknown. Their tougher diet exercises their jaw muscles more, and this helps their jaws develop properly. The tougher diet also results in tooth wear, and the normal compensation for this wear involves the gradual migration of teeth towards the front of the mouth, thus creating more room for the third molars. However, the modern diet of soft, processed foods does not promote proper jaw development, which can lead to impacted wisdom teeth. So, impacted wisdom teeth do not support evolutionary storytelling. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. We continue today's program with Ye Servants of God, written by Charles Wesley in 1744. The Old Mistakes The people in the television, movie and internet industries do not think that what they show and what they do makes any difference in the way we live. They'll have us believe that their 
programmes don't influence, but the advertisements do. We're supposed to be wise enough, strong enough, smart enough, and ever vigilant enough to turn off the stuff we don't want. They claim they have no responsibility for some, doing something worthwhile. Paul has a lot more understanding of the human spirit. He knew that temptation would overpower and destroy us if left in our own. We read from 1 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with so many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our example that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. We won't resist temptation on our own. Paul points his young and experienced Christians back to the days of Moses. The children of Israel had been pretty well familiar with holy things. If ever a people were going to be kept straight and righteous by the events of their lives, it should have been the children of Israel. After all, they had the benefits of the plagues. They were led by Moses through the sea. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night continually led them. Surely they should have been able to remain faithful, but God was not pleased with them and struck them down in the wilderness. If they didn't measure up with all that help, what have we got to help keep us faithful and obedient, we who are struggling to be God's disciples now? Paul suggests that the first thing we have is a negative example of the children of Moses. They're examples for us. They will keep us faithful, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Well, it will certainly give us pause to think. If they were not able to resist evil, with all of the power and presence of God with them on the journey in the wilderness, there is no way any of us ought to suffer from overconfidence. This is a serious and difficult journey of faith, and we need all the help we can get. Temptations can overcome us. There are three major temptations that Paul says those early followers of Moses highlight for us. They sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. We must not indulge our sexual immorality as some of them did. One of our constant and most difficult temptations is the temptation of pleasure. One has only to look around at the horrible problems of drugs and drink 
the crime that is generated by the desire for drugs, the pain and suffering that is caused by alcohol and other drugs. And it's obvious that preoccupation with our own feelings, to get happy or to drown our sorrows, is one source of great problems for us even now. And when you listen to all the complications and costs and troubles that are caused by irresponsible sexual activity, all this sexually transmitted disease all the unwanted pregnancies, teenage mothers and abortions. It's obvious that the stories from the past help us be on our guard against allowing our physical pleasures to become masters of our lives. The stories of Moses in the wilderness remind us how easy it is to start to put God to the test, to begin to set down conditions by which God has to answer to our specifications. Jesus was guided by the Old Testament story of Moses at the rock when the devil came to tempt him. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. When we start trying to set up conditions which God has to meet in order to be God, we have stopped way over the boundaries of being creatures of the Most High God. There is no place for us to demand that God can perform for us according to our instructions, and there is no faith in whining and complaining when we don't get the things we want. God will provide a means of overcoming temptation. Paul will not hear their petty complaints. You can all not hear them tell them, what you're suffering is ordinary suffering. Everybody gets some. What makes you think you're getting more than somebody else? It's amazing to listen to some people who think life has dumped all over them much more than they deserved. Every life has to have some rain, and you're just getting your rain. But Paul also wants to hang in there. Remember that God will give you the strength to endure. Not always win, but complete the assignment. Not always escape, but the strength to hold on to the branches until the flood goes down. God gives the strength to endure, and God gives us opportunities to escape. Paul doesn't always say we will experience a visible glorious triumph over the temptations, but we'll be able to endure and find a way. God helps us overcome as we remember the stories of the past and pray, Lord, I believe... Help thou my unbelief. We continue today's programme with Nearer My God to Thee. This was written by the English poet and Unitarian hymn writer Sarah Flower Adams at her home in Sunnybank, London, England. The tune used here is Propria Bordio, Nearer to God, written in 1872 by Sir Arthur Seymour Sullivan.
This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, O Thou That Camest From Above, by Charles Wesley. episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.